Welcome to the Wounded Healers Podcast. I'm Janessa. And I'm Amy. We were brought together by our shared wound of an autoimmune condition in our early 20s. This is a place where we explore our wounds with our listeners and guests who recognize the challenges of being human in hopes of helping all of us let let the light light in. in. Hello, welcome back to the Wounded Healers podcast. This is part two of our two-part sex episode. So if you didn't manage to catch part one, please jump back and go and do that now. But if you did, welcome back and please enjoy. Uh, I wanted to segue a little bit here to... um, Talking about self-pleasure in regards to the experience of self-pleasure being around using um, uh, sex toys or different, um, I don't know if there's another word for it, so let me know if there is, Joy, but um, around using sex toys on yourself. Is there another way to word that? I think, I mean, it depends on what feels good for you. Um, Okay, sweet. (laughs) People are like, like... you know, <laughs> that's actually a fun activity I do with some of my young people is like, name all of the terms that you've heard of to describe like a penis, um, or all the slang terms you've heard of to describe a vulva, or like masturbation, right? So like, we're talking about masturbation here, like, flicking the bean, like, you know, what have you heard? <laughs> yes, actually, flicking the bean is exactly what I've heard. Is there one you've heard, Amy? I'm very curious about the WK things. Yeah. I, I wish it wasn't, but yes, that is something that made it across the pond. We definitely. <laughs> but that's so funny when you said that, Jerry. I was like, I'm such a grandma. Like, I legit cannot think of another term for masturbation. <laughs> like, I was just like, it's only ma- oh yeah. I, like, I'm so out of touch. I can't think of any slang about masturbation. <laughs> you know, it's funny yes. though. Every time I, when I was working at an LGBTQ youth organization doing sex ed. I constantly forgot when I would ask people what their definition of sex is. Somebody would always say for reproduction. And I'd be like, oh, oh, yeah, yes, that too. Like, I didn't keep that one in my brain, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's another reason people do this. Yeah. <laughs> well, around around masturbation and or whatever your new age slang is for it, people out there, um, and let us know because I'm curious. I want to know now. Um, but around that with, I like, so I have limited mobility in my fingers and in my right arm, I'm, I'm limited to the movement I have. And it's taken me a while to like find the right. And I know it's going to be different from person to person, but the right sex toys to use for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just wanted to like make some space for that. Like, what are some ways to like seek out different sex toys that may be, more user friendly if you're not fully abled at that time um Mm -hmm. like is that something you can walk into a sex shop and and ask the person who works there or is that is there like a website that can help you figure that out yes i'm so glad you asked um okay well first of all let me just like give a shout out to this book it's called a quick and easy guide to sex and disability by a andrews um and it's just like a comic book that I'm not used to doing this from the left side, but (laughs) yeah, it's just like filled with really cool tips and tricks and resources. 
So recommend looking this up. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Um, sex to- People who work at sex toy shops are incredible. And all of them, for the most part, are sex educators in some way, shape, or form and should be able to help you out, including saying, hey, we don't carry that, but here are some resources that might. Um, some toys that I... Um, have heard of, uh, that are, that come highly recommended. Um, some of them are toys. Some of them are like assistive devices. Um, I don't know how people feel about the term assistive device. I like it. Cause I'm like, yes, give me that assistance, please. Um, but bumpin is, I think it was designed by this person, a Andrews. It is, uh, specifically designed for people who are disabled. Um, and who have limited mobility it is very very expensive but the cool thing is that you can go onto the website and it's like b-u-i sorry b-u-m-p exclamation point n um and you can donate money to like drop the cost for somebody who is not able to pay the same the full cost which is really cool um there's there I just went on the sorry just to, I just have to inject I just went on the website and there's their like strap line is fund an orgasm today yes <laughs> I couldn't think of a more worthy cause I, I really agreed <laughs> cool yes something I love is the O-Nut it's O-H-N-U-T and they're like elastic rings that are for um like making penetration more shallow for somebody who's having sex for somebody who's having sex with somebody who has a penis a detachable one or one that's attached to your body um and it gives the person with the penis like pleasure and pressure and all those things but it makes it so that penetration can be a little bit less deep which is really cool um it's also great for like trans mask folks um anybody really that's amazing I'm, I'm also this, yeah, I'm thinking of what good that will do. Cause this is my first time hearing about that for individuals with any, any pain down there, like with deep penetration, like that is going to allow a lot more freedom for what you can experience and what your partner can. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, yes. Okay. Quick aside, side salad. I found out about this at a, a sexpo, like a sex toy expo in Brooklyn. Um, and I was, just, I've like never forgotten it. My mind was like blown out of the water. It was incredible. <laughs> That's amazing. And I want to go to a sexpo. Oh, wow. It's so fantastic. So, so good. And okay. I will, let me tell you the rest of, uh, there's only two more yes. things on the list. Um, and then I want to talk about another thing that I saw at the sexpo, which I think is another question that you, um, had wanted to ask but the liberator wedge really really helpful um yeah have you heard of it i have yes yes it is really good for like i don't know lying flat on your back in a bed is like not always the most comfortable thing and so like this provides a lot of extra support and you can experiment with like where that support is needed um yeah it's a fantastic tool um and I really like There's also a website called Disability Horizons, which has an, a list of um, like toys you can use to engage in some more kinky stuff. That's like really disability disabled friendly. Um, so like um, bondage tape or like bondage handcuffs that are like not too 
restrictive and aren't going to like damage bones. Um, yeah, really cool stuff like that. Yeah. That's, That's amazing. My- oh, Joey, I have to add in just like for a little <laughs> little humor here for the Liberator Wedge. Um, so my grandparents have these pillows and they're not Liberator Wedges, but they straight up look like one. <laughs> and whenever I go to their house, I'm like, okay. And like, <laughs> I always see them there and I'm like, I could, I know what that could be used for potentially, <laughs> but they use them even when they're just like laying on the couch and I'm like, yeah. Absolutely. Yes. First of all, fantastic for sex. I think it's also like just a really comfortable thing that you can chill out yeah. on. Like, why not? <laughs> exactly. Yes. And so I'll never forget seeing the Liberator Wedge and being like, grandma, grandpa, <laughs> like, I know this. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yes, we do not want to separate our sex lives from the like lives where we have like, I don't know, tea and cookies in the dining room. Yes. (laughs) I love it. I was going to add though that I'm I have to say I have been really surprised and impressed. So if anyone's in the Bay Area and you are looking for a sex shop to go to, uh, one that I've had good experiences at personally is Good Vibrations. And they have one in um, San Francisco and one in Palo Alto, which is the one I usually go to. And it's very um, like friendly to all all beings, all bodies there. They're very good at representation um and joey what you were saying about the workers usually having some background in sexual education and stuff was actually really cool because when i went i was explaining to uh the person helping me like the kind of experience i was looking for with the the toy i wanted to get and they had meant they'd asked about like because i said i i personally have clitoral orgasms and it's kind of hard for me to have a vaginal orgasm like I've had one before but it just doesn't happen as often and mm-hmm. we were talking about that a little bit and like different toys to utilize so that you know you can still have the stimulation on your clitoris while having vibrations within the vag- vaginal as well so mm-hmm. um yeah I thought that was really amazing and I wouldn't have been able to figure that out with the knowledge that I have on my own. So it was so helpful. So yeah, definitely talk to the people there. They will, they will guide you in the right direction. And uh, I will say I left with a toy that I really love. I don't like the name of it. I'm not gonna lie. The name really was like, Oh, it's Uh called the, I know it's called the The womanizer. Yeah. Yeah, I hate (laughs) that name. Like why did, why was that the name? But you know what the device it's like suction. Um, So it's primarily it's, clitoral pleasure um and it suctions and has these like little vibrations and like all I can say is you know besides the name zero points on the name but like 10 points Gryffindor on the experience because I like oh my god the orgasms from that are like so good so anyway Mm -hmm. yeah yes can confirm uh from personal experience and also from like many friends who have tried this and were like skeptical and then we're like Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's literally on my nightstand right now. I love it. <laughs> yes. Oh yes. Oh my goodness. We could do a whole episode on sex toys. Quick sex toy, um, just like checklist that y'all that folks might want to think about is like ask about what kind of material it's made out of, which will inform what kind of lubricant you're able to use. Ask what kind of cleaning it needs. Ask if it is water submersible, water resistant, or like water's a no-no. Um, usually you won't find that water's a no-no. 
Um, just to like make sure that you are being as safe as possible with all of your sex toys. A great website. Again, not my favorite name, but the name is actually not indicative of like it's not a gendered space. But it's called She Vibe. So like S-H-E-V-I-B-E. Fantastic website filled with tons of sex toys and a ton of education. Um, yeah. Also not my fave name, but like one of my favorite resources on the internet. Awesome. Yes. Mm-hmm. I got to look that up because yeah, being a sex toy owner does require cleaning. And I feel like previously in college, I wasn't thinking of that until I was like, Oh, I should, I should clean you my rabbit toy. Like <laughs> what is this? Yes. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's another question that I want to make sure doesn't go unanswered, but mm-hmm. I also, I feel like it's a bit of a, um, like a bit of a tricky one because someone asked how they can increase their libido Mm -hmm. and I think I don't know a part of me is like torn in that like you should let these things be natural and like don't don't like force don't try and force yourself to have a sex drive that isn't there in that moment but equally I don't want to shut that down in case there is there is safe and healthy things that people can do to increase their libido so what do you think joey oh yes i think i had the same process thought process as you when i read that question um i think there's a number of more esoteric things and a number of more practical things practically it's something to talk with your um doctor about uh if you are able to find a doctor that you trust um it really is a great thing to talk to your provider about, especially if you feel like your sex drive, libido, desire for sex and intimacy and connection has changed um, in general, but especially due to medication. Um, the other thing is I am a re- this is like the more esoteric answer. Um, I'm a really big advocate of taking sex out of the confines of like the bedroom um, metaphorically, like, or literally, whatever. So integrating sex and eroticism, and I mean sex in the most expansive way, um, into our everyday lives through the understanding that like everything in between sex is and can be foreplay. Um, Like how do we, yes, we have like jobs and taxes to pay and like you know, houses to clean and all of this shit, but like how do we also really intentionally reinsert pleasure and desire for pleasure and desire for connection into our lives, um, especially living under systems that make it really challenging to do so. So Mm -hmm. that's another thing. Um, The other thing is self-pleasure, is figuring out like what feels really good for you, um, having sex with yourself. And the third thing, fourth, fifth, one of the things (laughs) is, um, and I think this is also a question, is engaging in porn. Um, and finding porn that works for you. Um, my caveat around that is that there is a lot of porn out there that can be really damaging. A lot of the porn out there is really racist. It's fat phobic. Um, it's misogynistic. Um, however, there are two great resources that I want to tell you about. One is called Cheeks, C-H-E-E-X. Um, it's a website that is not only educational, but it also has like uh, ethical porn. And the other one is make love, not porn. Uh, MLM. 
And that is just like a subscription to an ethical porn website, um, which is like real people filming themselves having real sex. Because I want to be really clear, a lot of the porn out there is not sex. It is porn. And it's okay to engage in that. It's very normal to engage in that. Um, and that also gets into the realm of like being able to have fantasies and like being able to engage in fantasies and the ways in which that like feels great and good. And we can like bring elements of those fantasies into our real sex lives, but fantasies and porn are not necessarily sex. We can sort of create, uh, like similes in our sex lives around that. But I really want to be clear that we're not confusing porn with real sex real life yeah yeah that's so important i would i would definitely encourage people to be very mindful of where they get their porn from Mm -hmm. definitely oh go ahead oh sorry i was gonna mention um joy you were saying um oh no sorry the word is escaping my mind um what was the term you're using for the website for um like cheeks like the type of porn that is the words like escaping my mind. Oh, ethical porn? Ethical. Thank you. Yes. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So ethical porn, like another thing I, I just learned about this from a podcast listening to someone in the adult entertainment industry talking about this. And they were saying that like a lot of their videos from when they were younger in the industry, they don't make any money off of. It's actually these like huge, large companies that exploited these young women and said like, we'll pay you this much, but like just like a lump sum and Mm -hmm. not as the videos are getting views. So that's the other thing to think about ethical porn. It it goes so much deeper, even into the the pay uh, and the quality of um, things that that performer or person having sex um, is able to have so yeah it's it's someone's job it's some this is a job it's a valid job and like if you are in the adult entertainment industry you do need to get paid so that's like another thing I think of with ethical porn is that these people are being paid and they want to be there and they understand you know the the consent around what they're doing yes absolutely yeah and two things sort of come up for me around that one is um find a porn find a type of porn that works for you like i actually don't like watching porn i like reading erotic fiction that's like my jam um and a lot of people i know like listening to erotic fiction right Mm -hmm. like maybe watching it isn't doing it for you um, but find something that you enjoy and then see if that's something you also want to introduce into your relationship um because that's also a way to sort of increase libido or like set the mood or like be able to make it to a space where you're feeling really sexual if you are not starting in that space. Um, and nothing is a hundred percent. And so I really encourage people to enter these spaces with like curiosity and compassion for each other so that if it's not something that allows you to like inhabit a sexual space in that moment, there isn't necessarily shame around it or rejection around it. It's a fun thing to experiment with and you will find out what it does for you and how it works for you. Definitely. Yeah. I've, I've found, Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, sorry. I got really excited. Cause I was thinking about like some of my favorite styles of porn, but like one that I found that I really like is like, it's this one couple like they're actually a couple and I don't find that as something I need 
porn to be for me, but it just happens to be the case for these two. And it's called James and Lola. And they're ones, the guy's from France and Lola is also from France, but she's like a surfer and they like do these vlogs. Like it's a travel vlog. And then they like have sex in these like beautiful places with each other. And like the sex is like really deep and like gorgeous and they're both just so hot like I'm just like oh my god so yeah you can subscribe like to get their like on stuff like privately um I know they're like on larger um websites like I know they are on Pornhub and that's where I had originally like found them um Mm -hmm. but if you can um you know do their um fan I think fan only is that what it's called okay I always call it fans only and I think of like fans in a room of just a room full of fans um anyway (laughs) but but you can subscribe to them individually so they really get that money directly and then they have like longer length like vlogs and stuff and I think it's just the most adorable thing I've I've watched I love it It does a lot for me thanks Lola I love that and yes the other two things that I really like want to make sure I mention um well one of them is I really want to make sure I mentioned but the other thing is that like there is a sector of sex work um of people who are sex workers but who are also specifically sex workers for people with limited mobility or for people with disabilities right there's a term that I'm not remembering um sorry I can't remember the name but they are trained really well in engaging in sex with people who have disabilities in order to make sure that it's safe for them. And that's a really beautiful and consensual um, like arrangement to enter into. And also like we need to talk about the ways in which people with disabilities are desexualized and the ways in which people are sort of like forced into a space where like that is the most accessible pathway Um, Right. So like we have a lot of systems that are coming into play here, but I think that it is a really important um, thing for people to know about. um, And I think a really great and beautiful profession for people to have. (laughs) Yeah. And there's like, I don't know, a lot of information out there and like a documentary out there that I don't remember the name of, nor do I really want to like put out there um, that like aren't great representations of that um and a lot of media that aren't great representations of that like i'm thinking of all of the films around like um folks who have limited mobility who are like become inspiration porn um Mm. right Mm. and yeah so i would say like again you are your ex you are the expert of your own experiences and like you are valid and you are deserving of sex and you're deserving of pleasure and no, it's nobody's responsibility to provide that for you. Um, but also, like, you are always deserving of that. And I'm sorry for the ways in which, like, people have experienced desexualization because of disability. Because that just is real. Yeah. The other thing that I wanted to mention, and I think there could be, like, whole episodes on this or, like, you know, <laughs> years and years of thought and discussion, um, is talking about explicitly power dynamics within sex Um, and this came up a little bit earlier just in our experiences of sexual harm but it's really important to be able to name with each other and with for yourselves like what power dynamics are at play in this space 
Are there racial power dynamics? Are there ability power dynamics? Are there age power dynamics? Like how is that working? And then also what are the power dynamics um, around people who have disabilities who um, also have AIDS, right? Or who have like uh, folks who are providing assistive care and assistive AIDS. And like, what are the conversations around sex and intimacy and like sex with yourself when you need help with that? Um, and so like, how do we talk about these power dynamics to make sure that it is a consensual and as equitable an experience as possible for everybody involved? Oh, I love yes. the word equitable there. That is great use of the word equitable. I love that. Yes. And it's complicated and messy and there's not always going to be a perfectly equitable solution. Um, and I think it's also really important to complicate the discussion of consent, right? Like we have this narrative of like consent is sexy and if it's not enthusiastic consent, it's not consent. But there is so much gray area that we've been talking about throughout this entire episode around like, what if I'm not feeling it? What if I want to get there? What if, you know, what if I was feeling it and now I'm not or now I'm in pain or what have you? Like we need to be okay with the complexities and the messiness um, as long as we are like, doing our very, very best to uphold our own humanities and uphold the humanities of the people involved in our intimacy. Um, and part of that is having conversations around power dynamics in sex. Totally. And also like checking in with your partner, like during sex to check on those power dynamics. Like um, just speaking from my own experience, like Zach knows that like things can hurt for me. And so we do this thing like, during sex we make sure to check in with each other like hey how are you feeling right now like like if we're changing position or we're like even if it's in the middle he'll be like how are you doing how are you feeling and I'll be like it's good let's keep going or I'll be like I don't like this right now and I want to move like I don't want my knees I don't want doggies die right now because my knees fucking hurt you know Mm -hmm. so it's nice to like check in during and I and I feel like that's kind of the beautiful thing is if like the communication's good with you and whoever the person or persons you're having sex with is um like you can just really have an all-around enjoyable experience with making sure that everybody's you know needs are addressed and that they're met to the best of everyone's ability there mm. and if whoever you're having sex with isn't checking in with you you should ask them to and you should feel able to because mm. you deserve that and it you it's, this is like the one space where you shouldn't be quiet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's hard. It's so hard. And like, hopefully if you're listening, this gives you like some sense of just like permissions. If there, if you feel like there isn't permission at the moment. Yeah. One of my favorite things is like, I mean, in general is just aftercare, like before care and aftercare, like many of my partners after sex particularly after we've engaged in like really rough sex or like scene sex or something like that will make sure that I have like an ice pack that's already chilled or like a heating pad that's like ready to go um and like make sure that we have like pillows that are like still clean so we can like put it under my knees and you know like it's really it's that kind of care that is some of sometimes the most erotic thing about the sex that I have yeah 100 percent. i love that okay 
So what do you think? Do you think, Janessa, do we have time for just like some fun sex tips? Amy, you are stoked. I want you to go first if you're open to it. <laughs> I'm like so excited to hear. I'm like, tell me, tell me, tell me. Yes. <laughs> well, we had one specific question, which was about which positions like don't hurt, which I I guess we can all contribute to. Um but then I just, I just have some other ones and I just found some other ones. So a really, a really fun tip for people that deal with chronic pain mm-hmm. is having like a sexy shower or a sexy bath together before sex. Mm-hmm. Cause I think that really, I find it really loosens up my joints um, and yeah, sexy as well. So don't be, don't be afraid to hit the bathroom first. Yes. would be would be a good sex tip from me that's awesome um I guess a personal tip I have it will work for some and not for others is to have your heating pad on I lo- I love like if I'm on the bottom which I I personally I enjoy the top but my knees hurt a lot so I switch it up so um and do a lot of other fun things but if I'm laying down I'm gonna have my heating pad under me and specifically like behind my shoulder blades where I can feel pain sometimes as well from like being on a tabletop position um so yeah heating pad has done wonders for me uh yeah would highly recommend nice I love that one of my favorites is um sexy massage start and end with that <laughs> loosen up those muscles of sexy massage Oh my yeah. gosh. Yes. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this is another one. This is a little bit weird, but I find, and I think a lot of people dealing with chronic illness will find that your energy levels or your like ability changes throughout the day. So like in the morning is normally when I feel my worst and I'm like stiff mm-hmm. and like groggy from sleep. And then in the evening as well, I can get a little bit tender if um, I've had a long day, but the middle of the day, I'm ready to go. So working, <laughs> working, working from home. Like obviously, you can only do this if you're working from home. But that can be a really nice, you know. It's I, I guess the point I'm trying to illustrate is understand your own cycles of when you're like physically able and energetic, and try and schedule sex for when works best for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you don't know how to do that, just text your partner and tell them, and then they can look forward to coming home knowing knowing what's in store (laughs) I love that I love that because also there's a narrative around scheduling sex that's like it's not sexy it is Mm. very very sexy the anticipation and like denial mm, fantastic (laughs) absolutely yeah completely agree with you Joey Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes um I was gonna say something else I think can be really exciting is that if you are still wanting to experience some form of pleasure but you're in more pain that day um sometimes it helps me to just do something more sensual with like a um like eye mask on essentially like I lay down and my partner will will touch me and um in the ways that I want to be touched at that time that feel comfortable but really not like for me, closing the eyes was nice because it puts me personally in a state of relaxation. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But I know that can be really triggering for other people. So, you know, whatever works best for you there. But just really, like I said, like an energetic orgasm, like I swear, like they are doing so much for me just to be like 
touched with passion and like compassion at the same time. So that can feel just as like tingly and as light feeling um, after for me as as in, you know sex does. So yeah, highly mm-hmm. suggest. Okay, and then positions. Do you have any rec- either of you have any recommended positions for when? So the person that asked, she specifically asked about if you have hip pain, a good mm-hmm. position for if you have hip pain. Um, I don't get hip pain as much, so I don't think I can answer this to the best of its ability. Do either of you have more experience with this? I think it depends on the hip pain you're experiencing, but I can find that just standing up kind of like with my hands or with your hands against a wall can actually, it like depends on your leg pain, obviously, but that, that kind of takes any bent <laughs> like none of your joints are bent when you're doing that so I think that's good for if if you do suffer when your joints are bent I think just like standing up and leaning against a wall or leaning against like a desk or something is probably one of the most comfortable positions that I've found mm-hmm. Janessa's writing it down no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm looking something up because there's some kind of chair I can't remember off the top of my head that can be utilized for um, a lot of different things, but during sex. And I know sitting may hurt the hips, so I'm trying to think Mm -hmm. of maybe other ways that chair could be used. But sometimes that's very nice instead of having like the body weight um, on supporting your whole body on your hips and on your knees. They, They literally make these sexy chairs made for sex so you can lean onto them or you can stabilize yourself another way that's not putting as much pressure on those joints but Mm -hmm. I was just trying to look up what that's called because I don't know the name off the top of my head so I'll let you know if I find it yes please I yeah I have a lot of hip pain my the my like right side of my pelvis will often dislocate a little bit or like because of sex um and so I find that like uh, making sure that like my if these are my knee no nobody can see me this is a podcast <laughs> <laughs> making sure that my hips aren't like splayed too wide or that my knees are falling out really wide um, so like just being really conscious of that um, mm-hmm. is really important and then I was talking to. Um, a partner of mine who also has like penetrative sex with people who have penises, um, which is not my typical like realm of sex, um, that like sort of spooning from behind can take pressure off of the hips. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I also recommend yeah. that. Another one, which is like, um, this, this is so funny that we decided to start describing sex positions on an audio <laughs> medium when no one can see us. <laughs> Like if you're like lying on your back and like imagine like you're doing yoga and you're doing the one where you like lean both of your legs to one side. So like Mm -hmm. you're you're moving your knees and your legs either to the right or the left. Mm -hmm. And then again, I should clarify, I only have sex with people that have penises. So this all of my experience is only relevant to that. But um then the person with a penis can kind of get at you from in between yeah. your like cheeks and like that I find that comfortable on my hips because again there's no pressure you're actually getting a little lower back stretch at the same time so <laughs> we, love, we love habit stacking on the hey. podcast yes yes 
<laughs> also, I, I like that this is just audio. It's, this could, you know, open some doors for someone that they didn't know they need open. So it's auditorily. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So hopefully there's a couple of positions you can try that may not hurt your hips. I also just want to like put in a plug for mutual masturbation. Like I don't think that gets enough love. And I think mutual masturbation is a fantastic way to pleasure yourself together um, Mm -hmm. and know your body the best. And so you know what's going to like feel good and what's not Mm going to be cool. And it can be really hot. So quick plug for that. Yes. 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 Gotta love that. Yes. (laughs) Amazing. we're so grateful you came on, Joey. Thank you so much. This is going to add a lot of value, I think, into a lot of people's lives. Like we said, not just sexual health lives, but mental and physical as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, thank you for being here. And then, like, to everybody listening, like, my wish to you is that you feel loved, you feel appreciated, you feel that people are making sure your experiences are consensual to whatever your needs and their needs are. Mm-hmm. Um, and to just, yeah, I hope you feel good. Hope you feel good. Yeah. Yes. And one thing I would love to like give to people and also like have gratitude for and thank before we go are just like a lot of my teachers. So like Karen BK Chan is an amazing sex educator. They changed my life. Um, please look up their work. Um, Mia Mingus is um, a disability justice abolitionist um, who is also disabled and who does incredible work and has beautiful writings on this topic. Um, A. Andrews, who I mentioned earlier. Sins Invalid is a disability collective um, centering the experiences of like queer and trans uh, Black and Indigenous people of color who are disabled. Um, and then, of course, Sonia Renee Taylor and Adrienne Marie Brown um, do incredible work on bodies and pleasure. And so I encourage you to look up those people um, and do your own research and find your own teachers, because like none of this work, we're, none of us are taught this um, just in the teachings. We have to seek it out ourselves, um, which is like part of those systems of oppression. And so just like lots of gratitude who make, for people who make these teachings accessible. Yeah, massively, massively. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a joy. (laughs) Oh, good. And yeah, hopefully one day we can have you back. Yeah, to dive even deeper into these topics and stuff. We'd love that. I would love that. I'm imagining like an old fashioned like Colin, where we have like you know a corded phone and. I love that. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> yes. Aww. Well, again, thank you all so much for your time, for being here, and for being open to listening and learning today. And um, we look forward to having you back here in two weeks. Until then, remember to let the light in. Bye. Bye.